He pisses me off. Kind of circumcising the mosquito. All right, what's happening, everybody? This is the Philly Experience Broadcast. We are here on the campus of Monco in the Monco Radio Studios this Monday afternoon, February 24th. I'm here alongside Chris Stacker, Tanner Gilmartin, Tire Hood. And as always, I'm your host, Max James. Uh, Chris. Me. How we doing? Oh, I'm spectacular. How are you, Max Very James? well. See, Tanner, how we doing? Phenomenal. Ready to get this show on the road? Doggone right. Lots of topics to talk about today. And we can, uh, you know, dive into anything anyone feels passionate about because um, the last week here since we left the studio last Monday has been pretty hectic. Um, The Phillies spring training is underway in Clearwater. Uh, Lots to talk about there. Andrew McCutcheon's injury. Uh, I'm hearing a lot of... Yes, sir. I'm hearing a lot of optimism about him. And I just want to pump the brakes maybe a little bit because the ACLs are, you know, up in the air as far as the recovery what? time period and everything like that. So that's just one topic I want to discuss, talk about some flyers. They're super hot right now. They just beat the Winnipeg Jets Saturday at the Wells Fargo Center. Chris was what? there. Oh, yeah. So he got to enjoy that. Uh, time. I guarantee you it was. It's always fun going down there. Uh, Sixers, uh, probably the most heated topic today uh just based on the fact that they got embarrassed on national television this past saturday night against milwaukee bucks and furthermore ben simmons now has a back injury that no one knows the significance of yet no one knows how how bad this injury really is to ben simmons and we're all hoping for the best but the fact is even guys who are around the team reporters who are around the team don't know any specifics yet so we'll touch on that a little bit and, uh, yeah, let's get it underway here. So I will start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Just real quick, touch on Alshon Jeffrey wanting out and also Nigel Bradham ah. getting cut for a surprising, uh, for me personally, a surprising move, uh, considering yeah. that we don't really have any other you know, linebackers on the team. Yeah. Our best linebacker. See, that's my, and that's my whole thing with that move. Like, I understand they were trying to get younger at the position. I did not expect Bradham to get cut. I kind of expected them to at least hold on to Bradham for at least one more season because, yes, that linebacking uh, position is a very, very uh, evident weakness. And it's something that we fussed about week in and week out throughout the entire season. I'm a little shocked. Like, I, I really don't, I really hope they don't expect to go into a season with Kamu Grigier Hill. And Nate Gary pretty much as your predominant linebacker. Well, does this move mean there's something in store? I hope so. Something. It's been a pretty quiet um, offseason thus far, unless something else happens. What do you guys think about this whole Alshon Jeffrey thing? Well, I th- see, see, for, me, for, for me to start here, I think that, um, one, I'm not surprised. Uh, we, we, we know that Alshon has... You know, been behind the scenes where that one that one situation with Josina Anderson and talking behind the backs, so to speak, of some of the teammates about Carson Wentz and how they don't really get You're along. On your back, but the unhealthy backs. I, I, I do think I do think that Alshon Jeffrey's time in Philly is coming to an end, and it really all depends on how we could, or how much get we could get. See, obviously, not a big fan of Alshon Jeffrey right now, but I think it really all depends on what you can get back for him and. Uh, if you if you even really have any suitors, because you know he had a season-ending injury last year, and is he really back to 
full strength yet, we all don't really know. So um, I think it's going to be an interesting thing uh, to watch play out, especially with the draft coming up. Because, you know, if we draft a receiver, that could mean that Alshon will be traded definitely. And if not, then uh, he'll be back. Again, for me, I, I'm not 100%. I'm not 100% on getting rid of him mm. um, because I still think he can be productive. And also, we still need that kind of jump, go get it to receiver because J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in his first year disappointed. Uh, my thoughts would be different if Arcega-Whiteside produced, mm. which he, he did not. Mm-hmm. Because you know him and Jeffrey have the same kind of skill set um, in, in a certain way, so I think that if we can get a decent pick for him, maybe like a third, or fourth round pick, possibly, then uh, it would definitely be worth considering. Okay, um, I, I hear your points, and you do bring up some good points about him being a jump ball receiver. Here's the reason why I think you can you can get rid of an Alshon Jeffrey. First and foremost, um, most of his production has come from a former quarterback that used to be here that is now the current quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Nick Foles. So the chemistry between Alshon Jeffrey and Carson Wentz was never there. Not not like that compared to the level of Nick Foles and Alshon Jeffrey. Yeah, I agree. Which I Okay, so from that standpoint, I do understand Alshon Jeffrey's frustration. Of course, any big-time receiver, you know, he wants the ball in his hands so that he can prove what you know, prove what he can do with the ball in his hands. So I can understand him not exactly being on par with Carson Wentz, but that doesn't mean you go behind the back of the team and you talk to reporters about, you know, your discontent with the team. That is where I have a problem with. Why do you need to go outside of the locker room instead of actually talking to the people within the locker room, talking to the coaching staff, talking to your teammates? Why did you go behind their back? That's the part I have a problem with. And because most of these rumors started from him, most of the turmoil in the locker room started from him, it seems like, listen, you got to go. You're a problem. Carson Wentz is the franchise quarterback, period, point blank. I don't care what your skill set is. And frankly, at this point, I look back at the past season, and he's not worth the money that we're paying him for the production that he has put forth this past season. Usually in the NFL, the money people get in their new contract is based on their past production and not their future production. And Alshon Jeffrey, again, with the Chicago Bears, had a great couple of years there, and that's what earned him that money. But listen, the names that we have on this team right now from a wide receiver position are just not strong at all. You are correct. You know, so I'm just not sold on Ortega Whiteside becoming a good player. I'm just not sold on based on what I've seen. Now, you can have a lot of hope and optimism. um, and, And again, I'm not arguing that because he only had one season okay. and he was good in college, obviously. But I just think that if you bring Alshon Jeffrey back, at least it gives you somebody who's been a staple of this passing game for the last couple of seasons. Again, won a Super Bowl with this team, has been around the same coaching staff for all this time. And if you cut him or if you trade him, one, for starters, you better get a receiver in the draft. Agreed. Because you of no the, argument. Because of you know how injury-prone Jackson is mm-hmm. over his career. And... To, to top that, I would think you would need to shy away from a speed threat, which is what we've been hearing. That is where I disagree with you. Why do you disagree with that? There's a reason why you need another speed threat. I think another speed threat will just open up this offense even further. You say we don't have a jump ball receiver. I don't call Zach Ertz a jump ball receiver, but he is a big receiving target that we utilize mm-hmm. in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes with Dallas Goddard. We have two big bodies that we don't necessarily need or 
the requirement for us to get a jump ball receiver isn't up there. You really just need a speed guy to really stretch that field. Can you imagine most teams playing two safeties high against, let's say, for example, Deshaun Jackson, and let's say a Henry Ruggs III, who's probably going to run a 4-2-4-3 this week in the, at the combine. Yeah, they're saying he's the next Tyreek in speed was. Can you imagine that? Like, seriously, two a defense comes out two safeties high. They're trying to, you know, combat the deep ball. They're leaving the middle of the field wide open for Dallas Goddard and Zach Gertz. Or even better yet, because they're playing everybody in coverage, that opens up the run game for Miles Sanders because the linebackers are five, seven yards mm-hmm. off the line of scrimmage. Things yeah. like that. Listen, you're not going to get any argument from me. I think anytime you can add speed to the outside is a good thing. I'm just sitting here considering the fact that, you know, when you look um, how, how to build a team mm-hmm. in a way – you kind of always want to have, a, you know, you want to have good players everywhere, but you want to have a stud tight end like the Earths, what we have, and you want to have speed, and you want to have, you want to have that jump ball kind of receiver. Which, right. to, if you want to have optimism with Whiteside, that's fine. No, I'm no, no, no. Gonna, I have no optimism with Whiteside, but that's okay. The so here's the problem. <laughs> so here's the problem. Then I, I again, I'm not going to. If we get rugs in the first round, I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. I mean, that guy's a great talent, and he went to Alabama. Anytime you get a player from Alabama, it's usually a good thing. What they want to see. Right. If, so go ahead. Then. Hey, if, if we're talking about building a team. Uh, this uh, this Jeffrey thing is going to be more complicated than it is because in 2020 he gets full guaranteed mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. So it, would, it wouldn't help us getting rid of him. And actually it would hurt us because we'd have to also give up a trade pick most likely. Yeah, I think the health, the health is the key here because if he can come back healthy, I still think he can be productive. Again, he's he's not – you know, on the downside of his career yet, in my opinion. I only think he's like, he's not Which 30. injury is he on? His foot now? Yeah, his is foot injury. Also but see, sure. Tanner, you just said something right yeah. there that was very, very, very direct. Which injury? It's always an injury with Alshon Jeffrey. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate the things that he's done here. But once again, which injury we're talking about here? Play through the entire Super Bowl season with a torn rotator cuff. I'm not going to question his toughness. Right. And then he started having leg injuries. Then the foot injury this year. Like, I'm sick of this. I need some consistency. I understand that we don't exactly have the best medical staff in the entire world. But come on, man. There's got to be something you can do yourself to kind of help your body out. Right, just talking off of what the viewer sees, and I, I don't know the direct stats. Maybe someone can look up how many plays he played this season. But just from me watching the game, it was just he wouldn't play for a couple of games. And then in the beginning of the season, he was in for, what, uh, like three plays, it yeah. looked like, and then he wasn't there the rest of the game. And it was he was just he was gone. It was a mystery where he was and why he wasn't on the field. Yep. It was funny because I was watching that All for Nothing series that came out on Amazon Prime Video, and they didn't really highlight Alshon Jeffrey like that. It, like they, Alshon Jeffrey was well, hardly he, he ever seen. He doesn't really like media either. So no, which is, fine. which is fine. Alshon, by the way, is thirty. He just turned thirty years old, February fourteenth. All right, so so maybe maybe he's probably just exiting his prime. Mm-hmm. But again, not a, a number of age that you look at where it's like, whoa, you know, high popping, you know, thirty two, thirty three. Uh, where he can't be productive. I, I think that Tanner brought up some good points. Um, and I think, you know, obviously the, the money is, for the, the money that he's getting paid is a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I've always kind of been a fan of Alshon Jeffrey. I know there's been criticism um, in the locker room over the last few seasons. But I think if he can come back to healthy, um, he, he could still be productive for our offense. And I'm still focusing on the That's running backs. I still, I take. <laughs> You can't just you can't just say that because it's not a guaranteed fact. He can still he's shown signs that he can still be productive, and his age isn't a big time factor in my opinion yet. 
I still think he has maybe one or two good seasons left in him if he can stay healthy. Switch. Uh, Go ahead. What okay, it, what? okay. I, I hear you. I hear what you're saying, and I, I, I see what you're cooking over there. I, I do. I do. I smell it. It smells okay, but I'm still missing something. Um, consistency. One of the biggest things that I need on offense. It's one of the biggest problems that we had this past year was consistency with injuries, with catching the football, period. Consistency. I'm not getting that out of Alshon Jeffrey anymore. And at this point, the amount of money that I am set to pay him, I know I'm not going to get the consistency or the production. That well, is his, going to his contract's his guaranteed for next year, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So by cutting him, what good does that do you? That's, that's what I the, said earlier. But they're not going to cut him. They're going to trade him. And if you trade him, you have to give up a draft pick to and get rid of him. Listen, if that's what it takes, then fine. Then fine. Listen, this I is what I, I was saying earlier about building a team. If you want to build a team, you're going to need those draft picks, and you can't get rid of Alshon without a draft pick. I also think that teams won't give you a lot back in return for right. Alshon Who's Jeffrey. Who's going to want Alshon Jeffrey, the Browns? But what if that draft pick is like a sixth or a seventh round pick that i got to give up? Things, something like that. What in your best case scenario would be something that you would want? Give up more than just six round picks. What, I'm just creating a scenario. What would be your, you know, dream scenario of get in, of return for Alshon Jeffrey? I know I'm not going to get much for him. As a matter of fact, I'm not expecting to get hardly anything at all for him because of that contract and his production and the fact, the fact that he's turned 30 years old. So I know I'm not going to get much for him. And now he's I going in with an attitude issue, apparently, too. Right. I don't need that. Let it be somebody else's issue. So is the sucker somewhere you can always give a player like that to. Here, T. So the Eagles have two third-round picks, three fourth-round picks, and two fifths. So, I mean, I guess they do have the assets. I think that Jeffrey better suits us being on the team than creating problems and headaches trying to get rid of him. And, Tanner, to answer your uh, – you were asking about he played Alshon's uh, snap count. He was on the field for 493 snaps, which is 42% yeah. wow. for the whole year. Do either of you guys want to guess yeah. how many yards he caught? I, want, I know it wasn't more than 500. It wasn't, but it was close. Mm, 490. Four. Wow. Wow, 10 yards. What yep. did he stink and do? But once again, I'm not getting the production out of Alshon Jeffrey. And I hear what you're saying. Listen, I, I'm not saying Arthiga Whiteside at all needs to be played. I, I'm not saying that at all. He, as a matter of fact, I don't trust Team. him at all. But that's the reason why I'm drafting a receiver in the first round, because I don't trust Arthiga Whiteside. But I, I can employ um, two tight end sets. Hence the reason why I'm going to put Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard out there predominantly with two right receivers. Look, T, that prevents me from having to play a third right receiver. I'm not going to act like I'm smarter than you when it comes to football. All right. But the only way Arthika Whiteside is going to get better is by giving him snaps and putting him out there. True. I hear and what you're look, saying. Can't, don't, wouldn't you rather just try to work this out? I would. I'm not saying get rid I, of him. I I'm not saying give you, up on you him. You wanting to give up on him after his rookie season. I'm not giving up on him. Uh, I beg to differ. I'm not giving up on him, but I am looking at a need that I need to replace. reason why I'm going after a speedy receiver now is because, one, I do, I do need a deep threat receiver other than Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Two, back to Deshaun Jackson, he's injury prone too. What happened when Deshaun went out? We had no deep threat. So now, when if the should Deshaun Jackson go down again, I still have a backup deep threat. You know what? I'm tired of hearing Deshaun Jackson's name because, as far as I'm concerned, he he's a bum to me. Because wow! He still has something to prove. Whew. 
All right, what? What the Those first two games? Words. First two games, and then what? Nothing. You dumbass! Wow! He I comes think. in here talking all this hot stuff about how he's gonna be really good and blah blah blah, Woo! and then what? Two games, and then we struggle without him. But that's, right? but he that hurt else, us, but and else? he hurt me too. <laughs> Listen, I can make the argument if Alshon, if everybody comes back healthy, that we have on this roster right now without our draft pick, uh, which could be a receiver, could not be a receiver. I can make the argument that Alshon Jeffrey would be our best receiver next now, season. Define everyone. Uh, okay, so the guys who we ended the season with, including Greg Ward Jr. and our Sega Whiteside, for example. And, you you know, I could throw in there Deshaun Jackson, too. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Because that's really all you're looking at. I mean, yeah, there's other names here with Perkins and guys uh, like that, Matt but they Holl- aren't. Hollins, what happened to him? He when got he, released. He got released. Yeah. He's gone. So, get. He sucked. He did. He did. He did. But, again, like I just said, the names that are on this team right now, if they all come back healthy, uh, which I hope they do because, you know, rehabbing in the offseason obviously is super important to how you produce in the upcoming season. But I think if they all can get back healthy, that Alshon Jeffrey could be your best receiver next year mm. oh, as a whole. I mean, yeah, you're going to have the – if, again, we're all talking about injuries here, if Deshaun can play a full season, yeah, you'll have the occasional bombs from Wentz to him. But yeah. as a whole, Alshon Jeffrey is the one who's been moving the ball down this field, him and Ertz, the last couple of years when they were – you know, winning the Super Bowl, for example. But the difference is I can rely on Ertz. I can't rely on Jeffrey. That's the big difference. Ertz, last season, yes. Ertz last played, season, yes. Ertz played with broken ribs what? in the playoffs. Let me ask you guys this. Um, the cutting of Nigel Bradham, do you think that has anything to do with trying to get uh, Jordan Howard under contract? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, obviously, it does I, have I something mean, to do with money. I mean, they were trying to save yeah. as much cap space as they can. Yeah. yeah. As, as far as Jordan Howard specifically as the player they're targeting the sign, I don't yeah. know. Uh, we also heard the rumors about I, Darius Slay, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you couldn't want to. I'm really Jordan. looking you know forward what? to seeing what they do with Jordan Howard. I'm glad you brought up Darius Slay. I don't want Darius Slay. Why not? I don't want. He's oh, 29 years old. Coach no, no, no. T. Listen, hear me out. Think about our history of corners that we've picked up, that we've traded for. 29 years old. You, the last time we picked up a corner that was that old, Kerry oh, Williams. Before then, Namdi Asamoa. Should I remind you how those two players play? Well, so you know what? Let's just roll in this season with uh, Mills and some fan oh, that we pull out of the no, crowd. I'm I remember Nandi Asimov. He's supposed to be a great star. And then, uh, you know. Yeah. We know see, as happened. a fan base here, and again, I think we get so much, so caught up in you know trying to play GM with you know numbers and cap space. As a general fan, of course I want Darius Slay in here. He makes our team instantly better in the secondary. Why wouldn't you want it? I mean, yeah. Look. We, we we start talking draft picks. Oh, I want to give. We have to give up this pick. We have to give up this. Well, yeah. Okay, those guys. It it almost relates to the Sixers. Those guys can turn out backwards. Damn it. Let's go. Those guys can turn out well in the future. But right now, you get a guy in his prime, Darius Slay, who has a proven track record. Twenty nine is not a prime year. He has a proven track record of being good in this league, in and he has past. he's showing no signs signs of slowing down. I'd rather take a chance on Byron Jones from the Cowboys. Than yeah. Take what a do you want to pay him? How much? How many millions you want to pay him? Now, that's a good question. You just you just go trade for Slay. It's a better play, in my opinion. Either way, you're going to have to pay him. You know what? I said this Probably, last Probably, but I think you're going to have to pay more for Jones than you would for Slay. Either way. you Based gonna... on age. I mean, just that's a fact. Okay, so you get Darius Slay for two, three years, but then you you still have a problem at the quarter position because two, three years, you got to Well, yeah, but two, three years in the NFL is a while. That's a, that's, a, that's a solid stretch of time. That's three seasons right there. I mean, what do you want to get? A, the corners aren't you don't aren't usually stick around for 10, 15 plus seasons unless I, they're superstars. I hear you, Bax. I, I do. I, I hear you. I love you. I do. But look here, um, you need to get younger at the position. 
I hear what you're saying. Yes, trade for. If you, I disagree. Darius I think Slay, you got to get better at the position, and that's what Slay does. T, T, we try getting younger at the position with Sidney Jones and Avante Maddox and Cravion LeBlanc, and we're still sitting First here off, talking about how we have problems at the cornerback position. I'm sick of this. Fine, T. Please <laughs> retort with whatever you got to say. Cravion LeBlanc hardly played this past year. Yeah, true. Sidney Jones. We He's all know. That, we all knew that was a question mark from the beginning. Sidney Jones. And Avante Maddox had a very productive rookie year. I don't know what happened this past year. I'll tell you what happened this year. I'll tell you what. You want me to tell you what happened? I'm listening. He had an atrocious season. He was getting burned up and down the field. Every star receiver he would, that was you know going one-on-one with him. And I, first of all, again, and this goes back to coaching, they, he shouldn't be put in that position to begin with. Boom! I, which I agree 100% with. I mean, the Boom. coaching staff is uh, definitely a problem. And I, I point to that Green Bay Packer game. Devontae Adams absolutely mm-hmm. cooked him. On every oh play till he till he got injured, but I mean low lifes. Maddox, I've never been a huge fan of. I get it. We need names in the secondary, so he's going to be here next season. But I'm not hanging my hat on Avante Maddox to be a you know a lockdown corner. I'm not going to either. But at the same time, I'm not going to give up on a kid after two years. Oh, I'm not saying cut the guy. He's going to be here. But I'm saying don't let's not you know put all of our chips on the table and say, hey, Avante Maddox, he's going to be a, a, oh, a no, plug-and-play every game for us to start. Then on top of that, we're concerned about the corners. Think about this for a second. We have to be concerned about the safety position, too, because Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod are on the verge of not coming back either. Right. T, I want to ask you this one thing before you get completely off cornerbacks. Uh, are you still mad that we didn't get Jalen Ramsey? No, I'm not. Okay. Because you see how productive that was when yeah. he went to the Rams. One interception, one forced fumble. That wouldn't have helped us out at all. As a matter of fact, I remember a couple of games watching the Rams. Ramsey got his behind and it's on. Jay. Yes. Um, I know this is me being very tinfoil hatty. Mm-hmm. Uh, not this your is cup of tea. Exactly. Uh, I know this probably will never happen, but I feel like Jalen Mills would be a way better safety. I said this before, I think, actually. I think we both said that. I think we've said this before. I feel like Jalen Mills would suit the safety position much better. He honestly would. But the refusal to put him in that position that falls on coaching. Well, that's why you gotta get in there and be that defensive coordinator too. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jim Schwartz doesn't want to move him to safety. Um we we don't know why. But let's, let's I guess it's a, <laughs> I guess it's because he's been playing a cornerback position his whole career. Man, that's and ludicrous. I don't know. But his <laughs> but his skill set directly matches what you would look for, especially in a deep safety. I feel as though Jalen Mills. You get, you get no argument from me on that Can one. Can it really hurt his play, though? No. no. <laughs> you get no, no argument from me. He gets burnt when he's left one-on-one on coverages on double saying, moves. Instead of wasting time saying, I don't know if I want to move him position, do it. I mean, Please. it's not going to hurt anything. That's just well, his play, at and least. It, not like he was being productive as a that's corner. That's what I'm saying. Thank yeah. you. And it doesn't fix the issue, but it's something you can do internally without having to make any sort of transaction. Right. So, Thank you. I don't know. <sighs> And well, that's why we're here and we're not coaches, I guess. So. That's true. Very true. All right, listen, I, I do want to touch on, before we get off the, the football topic, I want to and, and know Tanner, you have some XFL you want to chime in, in on there real quick, but I do want to bring up what? you know, Carson Wentz and his offseason coming up. Uh, listen, oh, God. So, so, many, so many frustrating points and so many frustrating moments. And I just I want to say this about Wentz. I just I really hope he gets a good full off season of rehab and just comes out you know ready to rumble the next season. We get some weapons around him. Um, we figure out the running back situation who who we want to stay as far as Jordan Howard, like we mentioned. Um, is Miles Sanders going to be the guy three down back? Is he going to you know obviously he'll be he'll be the lead role, assuming you know 
um, no one else comes into the organization as a, from a running back position. But um, that that was always something last season that just irked me a little bit, the running back position. I just feel like it was so much of a rotation where Sanders was struggling early and then, you know, he started coming on. But then, you know, they wanted to put Scott in there a little bit. And, and I was like, why can't we just stick, you know, to one scheme script? Why can't we just get Sanders in there and then, okay, like have Scott play the Sproles role? It was never a smooth transition. It was always like go with the hot hand type, which sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't. They put Scott in due to the fact that they, they wasn't playing Jordan Howard towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. which, once again, still befuddles me to this day because they would dress him, he would be healthy, but then they just wouldn't play him. They would only play Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, which, once again, I guess you you know spoke about that point of playing the hot hand. I guess that's exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. But Jordan Howard, every single time, he touched the ball four-plus yards every single time. He touched the stinking ball. I don't understand. And then... Sometimes in those short yardage situations, instead of having to put Carson Wentz in a situation where, you know, he has to sneak the ball to get the first down, give it to a big back like Jordan Howard who's just going to put his head down and guarantee you three yards. Yes, I just threw something in the studio. What did you do? I don't know. I'm angry now. I think we all, Tanner, you too, agree that we would all like to have Jordan Howard Uh, back. For sure. Yeah. It's stupid. How old is Jordan Howard? Is he 28? Right 25, 26, something like that. I, I know he's a young guy. I, mean, I know I should have just... 25? Yeah. Hey, I know he's a young guy. He's not that old. He's not. I think he was still on his rookie deal when he when we traded for him. 25 years old. Yep. Yeah, that's a, he still has a solid five years, I'd say. And then, Four or five. Uh, and that would be a heck of a... Shoot, that would be a heck of a three-headed monster. He's still use. a top rusher, too. Yes, I agree. And you could probably bring him back on the cheap considering the fact you didn't play him for second half of the season. He's probably not going to get yeah. that, that many buyers in free agency. Probably not, especially because he had that, that injury last that shoulder injury last mm-hmm. year. So, yeah, you might not have a lot of teams vying for his services, but I would love to see him back in an Eagles uniform. I Agreed. think he had a very productive season last year before he got hurt. Great. So, can I turn this to the quarterback position now? Yeah, now, go ahead. I am 100% on, you know, I'm team Carson Wentz. I'm a big fan of Carson Wentz. Knock on wood, if he has another season-ending injury. Is that it for him in Philadelphia? I know he just signed a come huge on, contract. Come on. I say this every season, I guess. Yeah, I said, we said this last year. That's the frustrating thing. you know. I wonder if people said this about Donovan McNabb. We, I'm curious. We talk about top 10 Did quarterbacks. Did he get injured every year and Dog sit, on out, there just about. Sit, sit out the rest of the year? Dog on there just nah, about. He, he ACL those, injuries, leg injuries. He led, the, he led those teams to NFC cha- championship games. Um, not that one time. Jeff Garcia. Oh yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, you, yeah, you forgot about I that guy. That. <laughs> Listen, I, I, Carson, we had this conversation that was a while ago. It feels like every week with Carson Wentz, but just saying. One thing I want to say and point out here. Look, I, I really, really think Carson Wentz has he's been falling backwards in everybody's top ten category list. We we always sit here and say top ten quarterbacks, top ten quarterbacks. Well, is there that big of a difference between the, the tenth ranked quarterback and the fourth ranked quarterback? Because I think there is, and where Carson Wentz is trending right now is in the wrong direction. This, this is a guy who's going to be going into, what, his fifth season? Mm-hmm. And he has one quarter of playoff experience. If you tell me as a whole, when we drafted him up to this point, I just I felt like we needed more out of him. Carson I Wentz expected is the, more. is the only quarterback in NFL history to throw for over 4,000 yards, and not one damn receiver had over 500 See, yards received. I started this with, I'm Team Carson Wentz, and I'm a fan of Carson Wentz, but if the guy can't hang... What are you going to do? 
So we're gonna sim- play, say the simple fact that he can't hang based off of a concussion I'm that wasn't his fault. If he can't hang, well, look, and it was also Jadavion a freak Clark's injury fault. during the Super Bowl season, which once again wasn't his fault. <laughs> Product of circumstance. I'm sorry, like you, you can come at me all you want with that crap. I feel like we all have a certain topic we want to discuss surrounding Carson Wentz, but. You know, I feel like every, with all the frustration built up with this team and how the season ended, we want to say something about Carson Wentz. Like, we want to point fingers at Carson Wentz like he's the reason why we lost. Right. But at the end of the day, he's I mean, he, he just had a freak, freak injury, but it's just frustrating how the season ended. Are you okay, Tanner? I thought you were dying. <laughs> he's also, he's also, you know. Max isn't the, even concerned. He's, no, Tanner's fine. Tanner's fine. But, I'm but right. back, it's funny to, back to Carson Wentz, I just I feel like because he's the quarterback in a big city like Philly, he just gets so much criticism that sometimes he might not deserve. He's going to, yeah, I agree with you, but, and that's the shameful part about playing in Philadelphia. Like we really should not be having this conversation. Carson Wentz is a very unlucky man. That's that's all I gotta say. Thank you. Oh, and I, that scares me because he's leading our team. That's the thing, T. The quarterback position. The, the quarterback position is so huge it's an in sports in general. It's so key. And when you have a guy that you know has such a great season like he did in 2016, 2017, and then getting hurt, and oh, it's it's just frustrating. And hopefully next season when we get him back healthy with with the people we surround him with as well. I hope we can go on another playoff I run. I hope he can stay healthy because we don't have a Nick Foles to fall back on. Here we go. We've gotten lucky the past couple go. seasons. We've got, we really have. We've gotten lucky making I the playoffs with Wentz getting hurt and everything like that, especially last year, winning only nine games in a regular season. Doug Peterson talked about after the Super Bowl season, this is going to be the new norm. And since that <laughs> statement, wow. we, we really haven't we really haven't gotten over the hump as far as nice. taking us into the NFC Championship game, taking us to multiple Super Bowls, and – I know this is just a fan and me speaking and being impatient, but, you know, I want to get to that point. I want to be that team that, you know, people are talking about on national TV. Like, that's a dangerous team. You better look out for them every single year. Okay. Surround them with weapons. See what happens. See what happens. Well, T, if you're consistent receivers around them, let's see what happens. T, if you're so smart, what's your answer to this whole thing? Well, one guy who will not be back that we haven't mentioned yet today is Nelson Aguilar. Get! Get, mm-hmm. You're talking get about weapons, T, but, uh, get. but a good quarterback We're doesn't worry about the weapons. weapons he has. Yeah. He works with What's what he, he has. Thank T. you. Yes, he T. is. It, what? He he, works, a good quarterback works with what he has, yes. and I'm just going to say Tom Brady. All right? He, he doesn't worry about it. He, he barely knows the guys he's throwing the ball to sometimes. <laughs> they just walked in that locker room. He has no problem. I bet Tom and has such a low life. He's the GOAT. So he that's, doesn't have to sit with the So Kyle that's not a valid chair. reason for me. So now you're mixing Tom Brady's name in with Carson Wentz. That's basically what you're telling me. Well, I'm, I'm mixing a quarterback that we have with another quarterback that's the best quarterback ever to be on the football field. Okay. And that's uh, unreasonable because he's the best to ever do it. Okay. And you're comparing him to another player that plays the same position. Okay, I'm going to give you another example. Before the Amari Cooper trade, Dak Prescott looked like a pile of crap. With but he just was him and Zeke Elliott. But what did he do two years before that? What what award did With he win? With Des Bryant oh. and Jason Witten. Okay. With weapons. Des Bryant, Max. Talking about Des Bryant. The simple fact that he had weapons around him. And then when he only had one, Dak, I mean, when, when Dak Prescott only had Zeke Elliott in the backfield and no receivers, 
He stunk out loud. Everybody knew what the Cowboys were going there, to do. There's more than just Dak Prescott in the league, T. There's plenty of other quarterbacks that are working with the same amount of wide receivers and the same skill that Carson has, and they're they're producing better. Look, you you can try to throw this crap at me all you want. Hey, you, I'm not anti until, Carson Wentz. I'm just saying you, you can't you can't take it easy on him like T, that. I'm time. not taking it easy. Everyone on him. in here likes Carson Wentz. We're all concerned about the Eagles' future. The whole team. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about the entire team then. All right. Let's start with the coaching. Let's, Why let's talk about co- Ryan Tannehill. Let's talk about Ryan Tannehill. Listen, we could sit here until 11 at night talking about the Eagles and what they need to do. Listen, football is different. 11 and 11 on each side of the football field, right? This isn't NBA where you got a starting five where you just pinpoint, okay, well, this is what we need. You need a unit. You just need a whole unit to come together as one, especially defensively. Especially defensively. And (laughs) right now, what we have on paper is not good enough. We need pass rushers. We need guys that are behind Fletcher Cox. You're reading my mind. Uh, because, listen, he can't play every snap. I mean, and even <laughs> no matter how dominant he is, he's going to need a breather. And one thing that we all look back on at the tape of how good we were in our Super Bowl year was we had an eight-man rotation. Yep. Just rotate guys out, and we would just get pressure on the quarterback every play. Yep. And we didn't need that good of linebackers. I mean, I don't remember p- 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 pointing out our linebackers and saying that's the reason we won games because they kind of hid – in the scheme of the defense, right. especially the Good secondary. Especially secondary we made, as well. A move we made after the Super Bowl, and I brought this up that year after the Super Bowl, is that this Patrick Robinson, him leaving, is still affecting us. And that's crazy. And I know it was ultimately his choice to leave, right. but that is one move that I consistently look back at. That that really changed the way our defense played, and I can agree that's, with that. That's a good point. I, yeah. I can definitely vibe with you, and I can definitely agree with that. And Max, you hit on some. Excellent points. Something that I've been stressing about for the longest. We put money into pass rushers that aren't doing their job. Pass rushing. Brandon Graham only had eight and a half sacks this season. I'm sorry. He got a $40 million contract last season. That's not getting it done. That does sting. That's not getting it done. The more I think about this. And then Jadavian Clowney. The, the Seattle Seahawks acquired I would have loved Clowney to have Clowney for only a third round yep. draft pick. I know we only had two, three rounders huh? this year. We still get them. Well, we could, but at this point, we're going to have to pay him a fortune. Yeah. Yes. 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 But um, listen, pass rushing in this league is one of the reasons why you win the championship, yep. and I'm not against paying Jadeveon Clowney money. Because the more I think about football, the more you watch it, and the more as the years go on and the seasons go on. You really start to think maybe not. You're not. You're never. No team is ever going to have a great player at every position. No, you're, you're not going to have you're not going to have an all-star team of players. No. You got to get the key positions to have the great players. You need a superstar quarterback to win in this league. That's a fact. Agreed. You need yeah. multiple pass rushers to get to the quarterback and just keep putting pressure on them because yep. eventually you can't just keep getting the ball out of your hands so quickly. Yep. Even the best quarterbacks can't do that. They're going to make mistakes yep. and turn the football over. You need have you need to have superstar pass rushers. You need to have good corners, at least one lockdown corner. Yeah, I agree. Because every team well, not every team, but every good team usually has a superstar receiver mm-hmm. that needs to be covered well, or else you're going to get burned by. Yep. And that that those are three positions right there. You can you can live with not without having a superstar linebacker. Like the teams can win without having a Bobby Wagner. Agreed. Right. You don't need to have a superstar linebacker. You don't need to have a superstar running back. We've seen teams win like we did Agreed. without we had Garrett Blunt. We don't. No one. Not every team needs a Zeke a Zeke Elliott. I agree. Or a Todd Gurley. 
You know, so really focus on, especially through the draft, mm-hmm. you need to have guys that are going to help you and be difference makers at key positions. We got our quarterback. We do. We have our quarterback. Mm-hmm. We need to get pass rushers. And, again, the, how weak our receiving core is is definitely eye-opening. Yes. But if we come out in the second round, for example, and get a pass rusher, I'm going to be thrilled because oh. those are super. that's a super position and a very important position that we need to have success. Agree. You get no argument from me on that one. All right. All right, let's transition here. Uh, 4.36, so we got about 20 minutes left here. I want to talk a little Sixers um, and a major concern because Ben Simmons is now dealing with a back injury, and they're tough, uh, really confusing as far as how long he will be out yet. And, um, you know, every game as far as when the Sixers play a good team and lose, we all have opinions of, okay, um, we, we lose to the bad – we lose to the really good teams, we beat the really bad ones. But – the, th- the problem with this is this is our superstar and usually our most durable player now dealing with an injury that could keep him sidelined for who knows how long. We're already dealing with a bad bench. Going out the trade deadline, Elton Brand tried to piece together something uh, as far as getting Greg Robinson the third, or Glenn, Ro- excuse me, Glenn Robinson the third and Alec Burks, which, again, help our bench out. But when you look at teams like Saturday night, watching games like that and watching mm. the bench, I mean, the, the Milwaukee Bucks have like seven or eight guys that just knock threes down. And look at Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez used to be a guy for the Portland Trailblazers who was a, a laughable player. He used to oh, laugh right. at him. Now he's out here shooting threes for the Bucks. I'm sorry. I'm a little annoyed because Ben Simmons didn't even need to play against the Bucks. Because uh, if we're being honest, it, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Agreed, right? man. Agreed. Uh, we don't really need – we already know they're going to be a playoff team. Mm-hmm. All right? And instead of focusing on beating the Bucks, which was not realistic – He's already missed Thursday's Thursday's game, right? And He's already the, missing. And the yep. game was on Saturday. Yep. Why not sit him again and have him rest? You know his back's sore. Uh-huh. Can we, Why are you playing him as a starter with a sore back? Can we go down to the Sixers facility and slap who's ever in charge of the, the training? I agree, T. I, I, like, I can't have Ben Can we go down and then slap them? Like, seriously. Here's, an, slap here's another reason. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another know. reason to look at. We have the Hawks tonight. We have the Cavaliers and then the Knicks. That's three W's, no matter who is out. Well, even if Simmons is out, for example. right? So you just sit Simmons. You take your beating in Milwaukee. You're not going to beat them anyway. They're no. just flat out better than us. Exactly. And then you go on a three-game winning streak against, uh, say, the, the teams I just mentioned, starting yeah. against I mean, Paul. You don't even need Simmons I mean, tonight, Now you're going to have Trey Young hit 50 points on us, and all for nothing. Because, yeah. exactly, like I said, why play Ben Simmons when he already missed the previous game and it's the Milwaukee Bucks, who, by the way, are now the fastest uh-huh. team to make the playoffs? I, I, the, that's the man, true. February 20, 23rd. The man quickest. doesn't even have kids, and now he has back issues. I don't understand. Like, I just don't. I'm sick of this, man. T, listen, and, and Tanner, you make a good point. I could argue even the sit Joel Embiid, who played a, a tremendous amount of minutes, that would have been, what, third. What was it Thursday night they played the home game against the Nets? He played a crazy amount of minutes, and especially because Simmons was out. And you know how his injury history was and how he's dealing with you know the weight issue and not hustling a lot. You just sit him in Milwaukee, take your beating, and get back what on the, the plane. What the hell is going and then, on? You know, go on this hopefully three-game winning streak right. starting you know tonight. What? Embiid's pissing me off. Uh-oh. I-, I tried so bad <laughs> to have his back. He's slowly pissing me off. How do you call yourself? The best player in the world, 
and then you come out and only score 17 points against the Milwaukee Bucks. Here's the one thing well, I'll argue with that. Well, he took right. shots inside. You know, he wasn't being, you know, how we all stated before. You don't want him out there shooting threes. At least he's taking the shots inside and back And you did bring corners. up the team he was playing against. Well, on the road. On the road. Yeah. Okay. Jordan, on, I consider the best in the world. And he never made excuses about what team he went up against. See, have those Lopez brothers inside are LeBron. Painful. Well, now you're bringing up Michael Jordan within the mix of Joel Embiid, T. Explain. <laughs> Don't turn around. <laughs> Shut up, Tanner. The Bucks, and I just want to say this about the Milwaukee Bucks real quick. Man, that's ludicrous. They're so dangerous. They are so dangerous. And I can, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say and raffle off all their players, but they have a crazy amount of talent on that team. And I could easily see them winning the NBA Finals over, over assuming the Lakers or the Clippers make it. No, uh, Chris. But, but they had knockdown shooters. Yeah. I asked you what the what the Bucks record was last week. And yeah. since then, they've only lost one game. They're 48 what? and 8. Yeah, 48 and stinking 8. Think about that for me. It's incredible. 48 and stinking 8. This thing. Thank you. Uh, Chris, what do you think the Sixers team needs to do going forward? Um, that's a good question, Tanner. Um, because I'll tell you what, we're going to see a lot of Shake Milton now. Now that Ben Simmons is, you know, dealing with this back injury, and I heard that he wasn't too happy with the results that he was receiving either, so that doesn't make me feel too well. No, it scares me. That scares me. Now I'm genuinely concerned. I agree, but here's the thing. You know me, always trying to look forward and look Shane ahead. Milton sounds like a great player. We go into the playoffs, we're going to be the five or the six seed. I'm hoping we're the six seed because we can avoid Milwaukee if we miraculously win in the first round. Um, and here's the thing. I'm trying to think about the future here. What do you guys think we got to do here to, to, to ultimately win the championship was the ultimate goal? Well, right now, I don't see us beating a team like the Heat. No. If Simmons has a serious injury, do you sit him the rest of the season and just say, chalk this one up in the law? We're not going to win the title anyway. Do you just make sure he's safe and have your superstar? Brett Brown's not going to have that happen because this is also his job on the line. You know what? You know it's what, true. You know what, Max? You said what did the team need to do? Hey, yo, Brett Brown, seriously. Get the f- out. All right. Okay, T, but that's going to happen at the end of the season. T, that's happening regardless, in my opinion. Brett yeah. Brown knows he's gone. He's this tried just, everything. He's this tried is a different. Try out for him. He's tried different rotation changes. He's tried giving teams, or giving the team a message in the locker room, telling Sims to shoot. No one's listening to him. He's gone at the end of the season. Good. That's a fact. I believe. Good. Now, here's the thing: Does this team have the right pieces in place to when a coach comes in, say maybe a Jay Wright to take over the team? No. Does this team have the pieces in place in order to get to the next level and get deep into the playoffs and make a good run? Yeah. Really, Chris? Well, I love your optimism. Just, I really do. I'm just being so We're trying to come up with solutions I'm just being here. real here. Well, Don't go on it. Hey, you know, Chris look, is right. The thing is, I think another thing with Brett Brown is he went through he, – he was with this team when they won, what, 10 games, 9 games? Okay. And, look – I, I think he grew some sort of an attachment to this team. And I know it's not the same players, but I think you need a guy who is used to winning to come in and kick these guys in the ass. I agree. And that's that's the reality of it. Straight up. I agree. You get no arguments from me on that. Yep. Am I wrong, Tanner? No. I, you know what? And what uh, Max asked earlier is if another coach comes in, we don't have the pieces, and you were right to say no because – you know, what we were looking forward to a few seasons ago is the off season, And, you know, in some points that they kind of failed that way because the team almost looks, you know, we, we have the same stars, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And that's, you know, those are our two stars. Mm, yeah. But they are who we thought they were. Listen, I also want to put some heat on Elton Brand here because 
one, the contracts that he's signing these players to, or I should say signed the players to previously. Um, we've all sat here and stated how ridiculous the contracts are of Horford and Tobias Harris. But I do want to add in this other thing. The the rotation at point guard, what 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 happened? We have Neto. That's our only true point guard on this team behind Simmons. We cut Trey, Trey Burke, who, okay, at the time I was like, not going to matter. But at, this, at the end of the day, Neto is our only true point guard on this team. And Furkan, Shake Milton, for example, Alec Burks, yeah, they can handle the ball, I guess. But they're not true point guards. You know what, fellas? You know what I just thought about? And this literally just came to my mind. This team has never had a true point guard. You know a who we could have? true point guard. You know who we could not have? Not Ben Simmons, an actual true point guard. I agree. Now, here's the thing. Guess who we got rid of that we could have right now who's been serviceable in the league? Mm. Who? Markel Fultz. Oh. oh, God. Here we go. We got rid of Markel Fultz for who? Uh, who was that? Um, Simmons? Who? Who was that guy? Tanner, you knew who it was. Uh, we got him from San Antonio. Jonathan Simmons. Yeah, dude. Jonathan Simmons. That's who we That's who we traded Fultz for. And now we need a point guard. Fultz is actually playing well for that the Orlando Magic. But there now, has to be a reason that he's playing well for that team and not our team. Exactly. And you mm. could you, see what you brought up earlier, the coaching staff and the medical staff. Yes. Flat out. Yo, Obviously, man. Orlando Another has... point guard that I thought, and I should Max, mm. could be a change was Landry Shamit when we got rid of him. Mm. Can That's someone tell one. me why we have Kylo Quinn on the team still? <laughs> like, like, in all seriousness. I, I in all seriousness. Why is Kylo Quinn on the team when we could we need a guard? We need a point guard. Last time I heard Kylo Quinn's name, he was ordering chicken nuggets on the team airplane. He's That's, the fourth the center on him. a team that doesn't need any What's more front court depth. He's the fourth center. He's the biggest cheerleader on the bench. <laughs> Even when we were getting slaughtered against Milwaukee, where all the all of our weaker players were in the fought, the bottom of the bench, he wasn't even in the game. He was he he wasn't he wasn't you. able to make the trash five players that were on the court in the final like three minutes of that game. Brett Brown put in. What's he here for? He really exactly. is. He hasn't done a thing, and you don't expect him to. And again, he would have he would be hidden in this team if this team was winning because winning cures all. But. The fact that they're not winning, we start looking at this team and start pinpointing problems. I'm not saying you start with Kylo Quinn, but goddamn, get, get another body in there. Get a different guy who's actually going to produce life. for you. I mean, Neto, he wasn't even expected to be be a real player. And he was supposed to be, you know, just a guy you have on your bench when you're either blowing a team out or getting blown out, you know? And now we're looking at him like, man, Neto, get out there and play like a, a solid 25 minutes a night. Once again, we need a, an actual true point guard. Norvell Pell. He's out there just collecting fouls left and right. I mean, yeah. again, he'll block First a shot. two minutes in the game, he gets two fouls. Yeah. I mean, he'll block a shot once in a while, but come on, man. You piece of Swiss cheese. Thank you, Chris. But uh, once again, we need a point guard that can shoot 15 to 18 feet. And we need a, a point guard that's going to distribute the ball. I agree. And the fact and of the actual, matter is, too, not we Simmons. don't have the opportunity to get that right now. No, Because it's anymore. a trade on nines passed. We're in a playoff push scenario. Yep. We can't do anything until the offseason, really. Nope. And I think another another guy we can bring up here, Tobias Harris. I mean, he's getting paid 180 million. I don't even know if he deserves 80 million dollars the and way I'm, he's playing. And I'm a fan of Tobias Harris. I really am, but he has really disappointed. He's getting he's overpaid 100 million dollars in my opinion. He's overpaid 100 million dollars. That's a T. 100 million. Yeah, no. He's overpaid 100 million dollars. How ridiculous is that? Yeah, I know. And just think, what what did Chris say? Chris, what did you say? Four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, the that's the GM. Yeah. That's Tobias the GM Harrison. just saying. I mean, I don't have a clue logistically. Yeah, you just add four hundred thousand. That's Jimmy Butler right there. The GM is basically saying, "Listen, I'm, I have the guys in place. Like 
Tobias Harris. I'm just going to give him the 180 million dollar contract. I mean, is he really much more? Is he really that much better than a role player in this league? He's not, and the way he's been playing this year, he's not. I mean, he's supposed to be our third best player on a finals winning team. That was the goal in the beginning of the season. The crazy part is him our and, third best player him on, a, and, on a finals winning team. Are you him, kidding me? Him and Court Moss are shooting the most threes um, on the team, and when they're home, man, they're they're worth every penny. But man, when they are on the road, dude. What the hell is going on? Seriously, could be it could be the most frustrating season, uh, definitely from from my standpoint, or as being a Sixer fan over the years. And you just hope that uh, your star players are healthy, and and when we get a new coach in here, things change. Because please, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, you, I'm not in my opinion, I'm not trading either one of those no. guys. They're too right. there's too much potential, too much talent there. Where I'm saying, okay, we have to break this apart. You got to get a coach in there that knows what he's doing. Here's an example: Dwayne Casey, a couple years ago for the Raptors, one Coach of the Year got fired yep. because yep. the Raptors knew he's not the answer to get us to the promised land. They All get right. Nick Nurse. What happens? They win a title. How about Mark you know? Jackson? Let's get him out the booth. You, you got even even when the Raptors were were really really good and winning a lot of games with Dwayne Casey, the front office knew. Listen, his guy isn't the guy. We've tried this experiment for how many years now? With Brett Brown, seven years. Yeah, it's, it's been not working. You can't fire the guy now. I don't think anything's going to happen mid-season. No. Not even mid-season. It's not past worth, mid-season. It's not worth firing him at this point. You just got to roll along with the punches in. You know, just go along for the ride until eventually the wheels fall off, which, unfortunately, they will fall off. It's just disappointing that... You know, we're missing a wheel, too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we really are. It's disappointing that we're in February and we're thinking we're thinking ahead to try to... Try, thinking ahead to the offseason and what differences uh, we can make to this team to improve it. This really I mean, it's remi- disappointing. Yeah, this really reminds me of... The Eagles, you know, barely, you know, we get to the playoffs, but barely. No one knows how. Mm-hmm. It was just off luck. And then you're struggling because but what are you going to do once you're in the playoffs? We know it's hard. Yep. And that's, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll sit, listen, we'll see how these next couple of games play out. We have, By the next time we're on the air here, we'll have a three games passed. Mm-hmm. It'll be the Hawks tonight. Then we have the Cavs on Wednesday and then, or excuse me, the Cavs on Wednesday or Thursday. And then we have, uh, we have the Knicks okay. after that. So, Three teams that we should beat on paper. Again, who knows what the way this team's playing right now. I was but, about to say, you can't guarantee a win anymore. You're right. You just can't. We'll no. see. We'll I, see. I've gotten to that point. Uh, you just got to, again, Tanner, you said it best. Just rack up as many wins as possible. We'll see what, where this thing goes in the playoffs when that gets here. The thing is, where I, when I brought the point about not, or I should say, avoiding Milwaukee in the playoffs, the Pacers are playing terribly right now, too, coming out of the All-Star break. They got beat by like 46 points to the, by the Raptors the other night. Mm. And in, or, in order to be the sixth seed, the Pacers have to be playing better. And that's just something where you look at it where, you know what, I guess all we can do right now is win as many games as possible, try to stay positive through through these injuries now, uh, especially with Simmons, and just get to the finish line, man, because there has to be some serious changes in the offseason for the Sixers, just like there needs to be changes for the Eagles in the offseason as well. Real quick before we get out of here, uh, I do want to. Tr- I probably won't be able to get to the Phils today, but I do want to talk to some Flyers because the one bright spot in the city right now, the Philadelphia Flyers, oh, yeah. are playing very, very well. They're seventy-seven points total. They're the three seed in they're, the they're Metropolitan. Only five points out of first. Really, only five points out of uh, behind Wa- or yeah, Washington, yeah, Washington who has eighty-two. P- Pittsburgh, yesterday. exactly. Yeah, turn on um, your headphones. Just saying. Nobody two, cares about hockey, man. Two guys at the deadline. I don't know how big of a difference they're going to make, but um, at least. Fletcher in the front office is, is making moves in order to get this team 
to to win maybe a playoff round this Nate, this Nate, postseason. Nate Thompson's just a warm body. He's a guy to put in if someone gets injured or something like that. Derek Grant, he's going to be either. I Is he say, better than Scott Lawton? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I okay. Nah, on par. Okay. It, it's just a depth guy because. Uh, Honestly, I, I didn't even want to make a trade. I like the way this team is. I it's, think this team's playing really well, if it too. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Uh, I I like the way the team is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't make any changes unless someone gets injured. I agree a thousand percent with that. Learn how to wrap that thing up. Right now, they can beat anybody except Tampa. <laughs> I would, I would say they can beat anybody in a seven-game series I don't know except if, Tampa. Ooh, that's a stretch. See, I don't know if they can beat Boston in a seven-game series. Dude, okay. I don't even understand how they are the best team in the 90 league. points. I don't get how they're the best good. team. Dude, I've followed the sport since I was a kid. I don't get Man, how they're a good team. They have one good line, two good, two other good forwards, two good defensemen, and a hot goalie. That's all they have. That's all you need. And they are like the it's best ridiculous. team in Anytime the Anytime you have a hot goalie, you know how it. it is. Don't question it, Maybe Chris. Maybe it's just because it. it's Boston. <laughs> Maybe it's just because it's Boston, and they have to be good. Because they're in Boston. <laughs> you, anytime you get a hot player in any sport, especially in the postseason, they can carry a team. They, they, they could, I could. Hot goalies. I could see them beating Boston. I could. We should move it in on a seven-game series. Yes, I could see them beating Boston. One guy I've been really impressed with, obviously Travis connecting has been great. Kevin, Kevin Hayes. Kevin what, Hayes. What a guy. That, remember, how we sat here back in the summertime. I told you, <laughs> what in the world? We're giving this guy how many millions of dollars? I never even heard of them. Oh. And now he comes yeah, in here. He was, when he was on New York, he was a Flyers killer. Yeah. He scored on them almost every game they and played that, the Rangers. Now that he's in a now he's in a Flyers jersey and having the season that he's having, probably it's the second best player on the team. Really impressive. He is really good. Yeah, carrying us, game winning goal the other night in Columbus. That was yeah, and that that put, put so much distance between uh, them and Columbus. Two wins in a row against Columbus really knocked oh, yeah. them or uh, bumped us up in the standings. And then, yeah, so and Islanders the, still right on our heels. Carolina they, Hurricanes and, as well. And they just made a big trade today too for a big centerman. So who did they get? Uh, they got a guy from Ottawa. You probably don't even know who he is. He's a good center though. He's and a really good center. Yes, they gave up four guys. So they're making so a, they're making a big time push then. Yes, in the playoffs. Yeah, here. and Florida also uh, no no Carolina got a center from Florida. Okay, it was so Florida New, New York got the guy from Ottawa. Okay, so so, what, so, the, so both teams New are York Islanders us. or Rangers. Islanders. Both okay. both teams behind us made got, big moves yes. to try to catch us. Yes, I do think that the way we're playing right now, I'm I'm not too nervous. I think this no. team's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. And if they keep playing this way, they can stay in that three spot. Like I said, I, I think they could be anybody in the East true. except Tampa. So right now they're three points behind Pittsburgh. They could beat Pittsburgh in a seven games. I think they could. That'll be that'll be fun one. Dude, it'll be fun yes. one. It always is when they play Pittsburgh. Oh, dude, yeah, and what, dude. Ever since they the you know with Ovechkin scoring seven hundred goals, ever ever since this whole thing about trying to get him to seven hundred goals, they've been so cold. Really that's, cold. That's why, but he finally got it the other that's night. That's why we've been able to catch them. Yeah, uh, dude. The only team I can't see them beating is Tampa. I'm telling you. I'm well, telling you. just stay the course. We got. Uh, we just, what's we got, the problem now? San, San Jose Sharks tomorrow night. Yeah, San Jose tomorrow night at home. Anytime, they, anytime the Flyers play home game, it's it's a good night because they usually win at home, this, just like the Sixers. The thing that sucks is that all the tickets are expensive as hell now. <laughs> so what are you looking at, a big Flyers guy? You're trying to get through as many home games as oh, you can. No! Down the stretch. Yeah. T, oh no! Oh hell T, yeah! T, stop with stop with the soundbite. <laughs> Throwing out any random soundbite. <laughs> so can't blame him for being excited about a successful Philly team right now. Yes. 
Um, hey, but yeah, they are. Hey, stay thirsty, my friends. All right, see. you know what? Just you know what? Take over the show and shut it down. All right. Hey, the, Fil- the Phillies. The Phillies beat Baltimore. Just letting you know. Phillies did beat Baltimore. What was the final? You got a final there? Eight to seven. All, yeah. right. All right. All right. I'll take it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We still got the XFL to talk about. The Houston Roughnecks are the only <laughs> remaining undefeated team in the league, and. The guy Is that your leading, boy, P.J. Walker? The guy leading from Temple, Ooh, P.J. Walker. Yeah. Yeah. touchdowns, one interception, 748 Max, yards. On Temple strong, baby. Oh, 112.7. This show's getting off the rails. <laughs> and right. honestly, the rating might be better than hockey. <laughs> wow. Shots. All right. If you guys missed any of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com. Available on all major platforms. Matter of fact, you know what? We're available everywhere. You don't even got to download nothing. Just look our name up and we there. I can guarantee it. What, is that big now? Boom. Yes. Really? Yes, we are. Yes. Ooh, yeah. To me. Just look us up anywhere. And we'll be there. If we're not there, you ain't look hard enough. Straight up. I want to see people rip their heart out of their f***ing chest. I'm not putting up with it. It's too much horse It's too much. What is going on back there? Kind of circumcising the mosquito.